Hello and welcome to Wednesday. Oh my gosh, I am at a whole new level of silly this morning. Our, our, our pre-conversation has got me giggly. And then I still think that music helped. <laughs> Maybe it did help. <laughs> However you want to look at that. Okie dokie. We are um, it. Hi, Lisa. Oh. I cannot wait till July when you come to visit us. Um, we are in a key holder series and introducing the fivefold conversation, and which sparked the remembrance of the song <laughs> "I Don't Know Much" by Aaron Neville and Linda Ronstadt. And now that song is going to be in my head the rest of the day. I wish I could play it for you, but I think that that would be a conflict of interest. And, and we would probably get booted from both YouTube land and Facebook. So, you know, look it up. If you don't know it, if you're like Vince and you don't know the song. <laughs> but we decided that it's actually a good thing to have rolling around our minds all day. I don't know much, but I know he loves me. And we've, ultimately decided that that's going to be our response all day long. <laughs> Come to you not knowing much. <laughs> oh gosh. Who has a Bible handy? Who wants to read Ephesians 4, 11 through 16? All right. Anyone? I will go. Uh, you said 11 through 16. I mean, wherever you want to start for. 411. And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one in a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. And then our immaturity will end, and we will not be easily shaken by trouble, nor led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead, we will remain strong, and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of his body, the church. For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. That's so good. <clears throat> I feel like we could just swim there. <laughs> it's so good. Um, as I was reading through that earlier this morning, uh, it was verse 12 that was really striking me. And so I went and, and read some commentary on it. And one of them was just really, really good, really spoke to me. And it, it was equipping or supplying the function, which I thought was really a, a different way 
to to look at the fivefold. So if we again look at that in in terms of um, the way that Chris Valentin teaches it as um, it being a soda fountain, so to speak, with five different flavors that you can choose from, everybody kind of has that built into their DNA. And it would be the function of the fivefold who operates fully in, in one of those offices that they would be the supplier of that, that, that function, so to speak. And, and so I thought that that was a really interesting way to look at it, that, that we are, uh, that the FIFO becomes the supplier of the function and um, for, and this is my favorite part. It's all unto Christ mm. to minister Christ period. End of conversation. <laughs> That's it. To minister Christ. And then it went on and said, it resulting in for the purpose of or with a view to, you know, to supply that, that function. And and I, I love that. But but all unto Christ, all unto ministering Christ. I think that we move away from that so, so easily. And, and we really need to, to walk that line and, and make sure that everything is unto Christ. Because it's it's easy to get enthralled in, in, in searching out, what does this mean? And, and where do I stand in this whole thing? So um, I don't know, Pepper, what, what are your thoughts? I love this, all of it. All of it's good. Um, what I'm pulling out of this, um, I like what it says, you know, in 13, it says these grace ministries will function until we attain oneness, until we all experience the fullness. And then finally we become a perfect man. And this is a part I really like with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. Mm. And I'll tell you one reason I really like this is because how often do we and other people, how often do we make that mistake about ourselves and other people that we see giftings as maturity? Giftings are not maturity. So we've seen people function in all these fivefold metrons who are not necessarily mature in their function. Yeah. So that's a really important piece is that uh, he wants to bring that how many times does God say, well, you know, I want you to do this. And we go running with it. We don't, we don't try to develop it. We don't, you know, I think there's a scripture that says, like, if he's called you to be a teacher, wait on your teaching. So yeah. that means there's going to be a period of preparation. And we, we've seen the chaos that happens in the body of Christ when we take extremely gifted individuals and have them lead a whole move and we don't assess their maturity level. We don't assess their character level. And so as important as it is to find where you fit, because you can't start maturing something if you don't know where you fit in this fivefold, where, you, where you're the key holder. But once you find that, then you've got to work with Jesus on and other people, you know, uh, you talked about that soda fountain, you know, you've got to work with the other flavors who have been flavors longer than you, right? <laughs> you right. know, to get that gift to mature. 
Well, and I'm just going to speak from my own personal experience. Where are they? You know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. everybody's so busy building their own ministry. Where mm-hmm. are the mothers and fathers mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. these functions? Where are the suppliers? Mm-hmm. Where are the ones that, and I'm not saying that they're non-existent because there sure. are there are people who are functioning in that. But by and large, they're building their own platform and, mm-hmm. and, and there's no space mm-hmm. with them. And, and for me, it goes back to the stories of <clears throat> Smith Wigglesworth and how he would he would allow people into his his times of prayer. Like they were hungry just to come and sit during his times of prayer. I mean, that's like hunger on a whole other level, but they had to be willing to follow his rules in that Mm -hmm. one of my favorite stories is Lester Summerall. And, and he, he basically, you know, is a disciple of, of Smith's and, and one day he comes in for prayer with a newspaper under his arm. (laughs) And and Smith is just like, what trash is that that you brought in? You know? And then then explains to him, like, I I don't get my news from the print. (laughs) I get my news from another source altogether. But in, I mean, that formed something in Lester to, to realize like, oh my gosh, like where am I leaning into a different supply source than Christ? And, and so Smith did his job there where he was ministering Christ first to, to Lester. And, and I, I am like, I think I've spent most of my adult life looking, where are these people? And, and I am like that obnoxious kid who is, you know, inquisitioning everybody and anybody like teach me, pour into me. And mostly I've come up empty. You know, there were people that were definitely willing to spill some things out, but it, it was no better than newsprint under your arm. You know, Vince. Yeah, it, it, this is one of the problems that we often will see is is like Pepper, you mentioned that a single person leading a whole move. Well, we we get this one person up there, and and they want to try to do everything. They want to try to be in charge of all the things, and, and miss the fact that we have all these different graces, all these different gifts given to us that are coming through different people. We need the whole team. Yeah, we need we need everyone. And and we can't just uh, rely on one person, <laughs> one grace, because then we're going to be missing out on a whole uh, uh, wealth of, of other things that mm-hmm. that Jesus wants to to see poured out. And and so we need the whole team. And that's that's one of those uh, big areas that I think we miss out on yeah. is because we don't understand this person. And, and their gifting or their grace. And so, oh, maybe we want to kind of like not give them the platform and, and we miss out on what it is that they're carrying. We miss out on what it is that we're, we're nurturing there. And it, it just, it, it's, it's disheartening to see that happen to where um, it's just one person, maybe two people. And uh, there's no, no, no other grace there to, to be poured out, to, to get a full expression of what uh, the kingdom is. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that Lisa shared the what the mirror translation says. What God has in us is gift wrapped to the world. Some are commissioned to pioneer 
Others are gifted prophetically. Some are announcers of the good news. Some are shepherds with a real care and nurture. And others have a gift to ignite instruction through revelation knowledge. I love that. That is that's a, a, a fantastic translation. And I the thing that I want to, this is probably the biggest thing that I want people to take away is that Jesus is the fivefold function, right? And it takes an entire body of believers to be able to make up the ministry of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's mind blowing to me. It is that, that it requires the fullness of the the body, and I'm talking about a completion. Like, and that's and I, I love the scripture in verse thirteen, four thirteen, where it's saying that like until you have come to full oneness or union. You're not going to have the full essence of this thing. And so what we need to be after is not position, but the essence of Jesus Christ coming through mm-hmm. us. And, and I, I love that. I, I love, I, I could probably, I could probably end my day there and just ruminate on, on that all day long. Cause I just want to simmer there all day long. Like it takes the fullness of the body of Christ to release the full essence of him. And, and we won't see that the faith or the full knowledge of Jesus Christ until we've all come together with that realization. Yeah, that's good. I, I love thinking about that uh, and getting into your, your, your friends group, those people that you have around you that you're, you're really close with and, and looking, you know, when we talk about pulling the gold out of people looking, okay, yeah, we're pulling it out, but what is it you have to release to us now that that's pulled out? Yeah. What is it that you can, can sharpen the rest of us with Mm -hmm. and not just, you know, introspectively looking to see what I can pour out and then I could sharpen with other people, but being able to see what is it that you can, you can uh, give out to the rest of us. That that's a lot of fun. And that, that's just one of those areas that I could sit and, and look at all day. Yeah. Well, and I think that we stop short. So it, let's just, let's just play with that idea. And like the goal is pulled, right? The goal is before you, there is a, there is a, process of maturing that has to happen with any gold that that is pulled out. And, um, and, And if you only have the function of the prophet, the gold is revealed. You know, if you only have the function of the shepherd or the pastoral, the gold will be softened. You know, I mean, without the full expression, we are missing out. We're, we have missing ingredients. I think it's the best way to, to put that. And, and, and that gold cannot function as intended. And so we have to be willing to go through that refinement process. And we don't want to. We don't want to. We don't want the 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 edges of our golden nugget to be, you know, <laughs> sharpened or softened one way or the other. You know, we 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 want to what whatever whatever the essence is that we carry, we want it to be full force, right? And um and and fully in what we understand, but we we can't. It has to have the 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 ingredients of the whole or we will be, we'll miss it, or we'll be those 
who build a um, singular function as a singular supplier, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, the, the body is morphed into something that is uh, misunderstood. Yeah. Pepper. Anne-Marie, that's a good comment. A cake won't be a cake without all the ingredients. Amen. Where is my hanky? This <laughs> will have to do. Yes. Yeah. And then we become disproportionate, you know, because yes. we got one big arm. That's weird. Yes, disproportionate. <laughs> one small arm, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> because, but also, excuse me, while we're um, coming into that place, you know, I'll give you an example that I'm thinking of right now. If, if Angie, you, you are arm and, you know, you're fully developed, you've done the work, you've got your healing, you're not going to want to connect to my shoulder if I haven't got all my bitterness and poison out, because that's going to affect your joint. Yeah. You know? And so while we're waiting to come into this fullness, to be connected, there's a, there's a job that we have to do singularly that is apart from the body in that it's the work that we do with Jesus and other people may help us in that, but we have a responsibility to make sure our joint is fit to be connected that our body part is fit to be connected. And sometimes we just say, okay, I know what I am, connect me. But then you're going to poison the whole body or you're going to poison that part of the body for sure if, if you don't do the work, you right. know. So it, there's no way to get around doing the work for, for maturity, even if, I mean, from the way the scriptures read, Elijah wasn't like embracing Elisha. He kind of had to push himself on him and tag along. And finally at the end, he's like, here's my cloak and walks off. You know, <laughs> who would want to follow somebody like that? But right. he was more hungry than he was offended. Right. <laughs> you know? Oh, come. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so he was going after his double portion, you know. That's so good. So sometimes we just have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And not, not to negate what the scripture says, because we all have seasons where we don't have teachers and that's meant to be not always, you know, but there are seasons where we are meant to not have other teachers and instructors, because if we don't have those seasons, we won't know what it's like to have Holy Spirit be the teacher. Right. He's more than comforter. He wants to be more than just our comforter. He wants to be our teacher. And that's how we get true. Yeah. Ugh, that's, I mean, so that's, how, that's how people know what counterfeit money is, is by dealing with the real thing all the time. So if, if right now you're suctioned off from the body, just know how to hear his voice like crazy. Mm-hmm. And then at least when you hear something that's not his voice, you'll be able to discern it, you know? Yeah, yeah that's so good. Yes, Anne-Marie, he is our more than. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And and there are there are, there are times where, where God does intentionally pull us away and it feels like you're on the journey by yourself. And mm-hmm. yeah. I, um, I'm someone who can adapt. <clears throat> very quickly. And so I have had wilderness seasons where I don't want to come out. 
I want to stay there in this intimate space with Jesus where it's just he and I tabernacling together in our little tent. (laughs) And and like, I don't want to emerge. I am perfectly comfortable in the wilderness. Wilderness is not that big of a deal. It it, it was having to emerge and learn how to like, okay, this is real. Like how how do I function among humans now? And I'm being exaggerating but um but for for real you know there are seasons there are wilderness seasons that are intended to grow us up and i love that you pointed to like we have to become familiar with his voice before you know we uh, become infatuated mm-hmm. with platform voices and i think we so easily do that also we find that it person that really speaks to us and charges our spirit and, you know, causes us to, to rise. And, and there's nothing wrong with that if, right. it, if it's alongside of, you know, the voice of, of God. And, um, and, and another direction that I want us to, to just look in is um, there, there are, there is a, a at times, there can be a sense of a false grace that, that has been put on our lives through expectation mostly. And um, so, you know, some of us, especially, can I say, women in the Western culture, a pastoral grace is just expected. If, if you are a female and, and you are sharp and somebody has, and, and I don't mean sharp, like intellectual, I'm, I'm talking about like, you get dismissed because you are mean or inconsiderate or, you know, what, what have you, uh, there, there has been a, a, a misdiagnosis, if you will, of the grace that you actually carry. It's a, it's a false expectation. And, and by and large for women, it is this, this expectation to be more pastoral, to be soft, to be somebody else's version of, of motherly. And um, so I just, I feel like we just need to like, really take the time to come before the Lord and be like, what has been placed on my life that wasn't from you? And and for me, I see it as being cloaked by, you know, other spirits to believe that this is who I'm supposed to be. And if you've spent your life fighting against that or feeling like you have to push down, you know, something that, that is just constantly coming back up in you. And I know, I know so many women who are constantly having to um, contain themselves because it's not the proper thing to do for them to be vocal for them to be bold, whatever it is. And and that is what that that false assignment is. Like that's not actually from God. That's not God's intention for your life. I'm not saying that there's not refining seasons because that has to happen too. But I'm talking about containment where you spend your entire life having to push things down that are just natural in you. Mm -hmm. That's not God's intention. God's intention is that we stand and we be the instrument in his hand that he wants to use in season and out. I mean, we need to, we need to be prepared to, to go like that. And we also need to be prepared to be quiet when, when that's what he's expecting from us. Let him wield you the way he wants. Amen. Yeah. And this, this, what you're talking about, Angie, just absolutely illustrates why we are called what we are called. We are not to edit ourselves, uh, edit who it is that God says that we are. 
edit the gifts that he's given us and suppress them because somebody else is uncomfortable with that, with, with the expression that God is pouring out through us. Mm -hmm. And our, our, our name comes out of yeah. the conversation with a, a woman having to edit herself to be able to fit in and not be seen as uh, sharp or domineering, uh, domineering or angry. Mm -hmm. And it was just, you know, you have to be able to be who you are in, in the way that God's calling you or, or, mm -hmm. or says that you are. And, and if we are going to allow ourselves to be defined by him, then we have to be able to uh, express that in, in the manner that he's showing us. And everybody needs to um, not be comfortable with that. Let it make you uncomfortable yeah. because there's probably something that, that needs to be brought out in that uncomfortableness but it, it just needs to be a, a point to say it's okay. Yeah. A and, and just live your unedited self. Right. Right. Not as permission to, right. to, to not have form, but because right. you know, I, we can take everything too far. We have to have form, you know, Holy spirit hovers over the formless and void to bring form, to bring fullness. And so it's not an excuse to, to just, you know, live free as one may say, but it's, it, it's, it's, we have to have, we have to have the form that he's bringing to our, the freedom to have form and, and, and fullness with, without excuse, you know, it, we should not be in a space where we have to make up reasons why we're the way that we are when it's God's intention for us to be that way. And I think that we would be amiss not to point to, you know, a, even a man who has a very soft expression of, of the father heart of God. And um, with, without that being labeled as, you know, mm -hmm. perhaps mm -hmm. sexual or, mm -hmm. you know, having um, feminine qualities, because we know full well that that is probably what it was like to be around um, John, the, the the revelator, John, the the beloved, and um, you know he's the one who laid his head on the Lord's chest. He was tender. Now I'm not saying that John it was always tender because we know that he's one of the sons of thunder, and so clearly you know he had some edging. And um, but but we we can't we can't dismiss that very gentle pastoral nature that can come from a man that could appear motherly. Listen, the thing is, it's like God is both He's yeah. both mother and father. Yeah. And, and to, to remove that mother essence from him, we will miss him in his fullness. Pepper. Uh, you guys just have me sitting here thinking about years and years ago. I remember Joyce Meyer telling the story about, how she got, she was making her bed and God called her into ministry. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't, it doesn't sound like she was very churched at that time. I think maybe she was in a Baptist church. I'm not sure. But anyway, <laughs> a couple of funny stories she tells was one, God called her. So she's like, okay. So she just starts having Bible studies in her basement. And she said, it was just, it was kind of like a holy disaster because she'd be down there with a group of people preaching. She'd have on these short, cut off shorts and cigarette. And she said, the basement would be so full of smoke, people would be coughing and hacking. 
<laughs> and then as God grew her up, you know, then people started to tell her, well, this isn't right. You're, you can't take authority over Dave and Dave's supposed to be the preacher and you're supposed to be the domestic goddess, you know? And so she thought, Oh, okay. You know? And she said, I don't like canning tomatoes. I can't. sew, and Dave doesn't want to talk. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And Dave just wants to do what he does in the background. He doesn't want to be up front. You know, that's what he's called to do. And, and she had to put those voices aside and just be who God said she is and not be made to feel guilty or ashamed of it, you know, for her or Dave, you know. Right. So, Yeah. Yeah. And churchianity does not allow for it. You know, mm -hmm. the, like, let's put women back in their place. They need to mm -hmm. be the ones in, in the kitchen making the And thing. men too, like you said, let's right. put them their place too exactly right like you know they have to want to be the one out in the the front and they need to be the the face of the thing or you know whatever it is but here's the here's the thing is like if we are, are functioning out of or we are the supplier of if we want to look at that way of a a false identity like we have a false essence residing on us we will collect people and cloak them in that same falsity. We will. I've watched it happen over and over and over again because we have this, this false identity resting on us, this false essence resting on us. We will collect people and put them under the same bondage. And it's not the intention. We will only be able to lead them in the same narrow path that we have been led on. And that's not what we're called to do. I need to be able to look at the people that are in my life and push them in the direction that God intends. Not that I intend, but if I'm wearing something that does not fit, I will have no choice but to push them in the direction that I have been pushed. Because I'm functioning out of a false essence, out of a false supply. And we are watering down the body of Christ by doing this. So it's not a true soda fountain. You know, we, we've taken the carbonation out of it. it. It's like, you know, we turn the communion back into grape juice. It's like that. You know, we've taken the, the potency out of the thing. And, and honestly, we've got a whole lot of impotent people walking around because of our churchianity mindset and refuse to call it Christianity because it didn't look anything like Christ. Because mm -hmm. look what he did. He gathers the least of these and empowers them to, to do great exploits. Should they have been able to do that? No, but because they hung out with somebody who had the potency of supply on his life, immediately they were able to take that on. And he didn't push them all in the same direction. He brought significance that, that was pure intention on their lives so that they could do things in a powerful measure. But when we water it down and we force people into a space that we have been forced into, it's impotency. impotency. Yeah, in, in that we are unwilling to look at those things that make us uncomfortable and willing to really examine them because it is uncomfortable and we might be wrong about something. Oh, goodness, what if you're wrong about something? It's okay. Be correctable. And that's one of the things when you're talking about uh, what Jesus did with the disciples and, and all of the people that he sent out, uh, they, they didn't all get it right. 
I mean, just look at Peter's life. He didn't always get it right. right. He's correctable and, and able to look at those uncomfortable things and, and, and sit with Jesus and examine them and then move forward, not sit in it and not do like you're talking about and say, okay, I, because I don't want to look at this, everybody else needs to now fit into the, into this line and any dissenting voice outside of that, that doesn't fall in line with that. We have to um, somehow remove or suppress or uh, correct. And, and it's, it's a mask that we are, are wearing and, and, and hiding from the things that that make us uncomfortable that that jesus wants to correct and and, and open up what it is that's possible mm-hmm. through us right yeah yeah um I, I would be amiss if i did not quote my son and i think that this enters into into our our expression of of church what it means to be in oneness far more often than we're willing to honestly admit. And he said this to me this morning. He said, I have to read it. (laughs) You just don't want to see me eat. And I was like, huh? (laughs) And he repeated himself. You just don't want to see me eat. And I was like, you're going to have to break that one down for me. And he's like, you don't want to see me thrive. Now, listen, I do want to see my son thrive before you think that, you know, there's anything. He wanted to be our fourth this morning and we did eventually invite him to pull up a chair, but he, he, he denied. Anyway, it's true. This is what we do. We're fight. We're jostling for position and we don't want to see one another eat. We don't want to see one another thrive because we still think we're not. And, and this is where we need to turn our eyes back on Jesus and minister him first. And I think this is where we really have to, especially if we have the office of one of these fivefold as leaders in an office, we really have to look at our motives because you talked about Jesus sending them out and he had no qualms about sending him out. That's what he came to do because Jesus wasn't trying to build a church. He was trying to build a kingdom. Right. And there's a difference. You know, if you're trying to build a church, you've got to keep everyone close to your vest and they belong to you and their gifts belong to you. And I'm the leader and everything flows through me. Hmm. And so you, you have, when you function that way, you have no idea what oneness is and what kingdom is. Mm-hmm. So we have developed, and God's changing that, but we have developed, developed so much of a church mindset versus a kingdom. And there, there was a place for that mm-hmm. in its time, not to the extremes, but it's all about kingdom. You can't. I mean, where where have you been if you don't know that it's about kingdom? Yeah. And so I, I think that's that's one way to assess, am I living kingdom? Because am I what I feel like I've been called to build? Do I feel like I've been called to build it just for me? Mm-hmm. You know, because it should be all about. Now, you may have to, quote unquote, own it for a time. Yeah. You know, it's like. If I, my house and my possessions 
Jonathan and I own them and we steward them, but we're owning them and stewarding legacy right. for our children to own. You know, uh, what's the scripture that talks about uh, being an heir and a son, you know, and then there comes a point in time where the heir inherits, you know. And so to me, as in the fivefold office, we should always have one, we should always have replication on our mind and we should always have legacy and inheritance on my mind. Is what I'm building right now going to help the next generation? Is this going to be a guidepost for them? Because where would we be without the guideposts that our forefathers left? You know? And uh, so I think, too, to really examine our motives. Because the days of church building are over. It's kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that so much of that boils down to, you know, semantics. When Jesus said, and upon this rock, I will build my church, mm-hmm. he never intended for walls of containment. That's right. not what he was mm-hmm. after. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he was after a, a, a people, mm-hmm. a body that yeah. would stand on the rock of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and it's that that the gates of hell cannot prevail. Now the gates of hell can, can prevail a church all day long and has, we are riddled with hellish, you know, um, entities. And, um, but that's not, that's not what he intended. He intended for a people that would stand upon the rock of the revelation of Jesus Christ and the gates of hell wouldn't be able to prevail against that body. But all we've done is create walls of containment and and we've gathered, or as Vince would say, gathered <laughs> a body together. Um, we, we've become a sheeple that are just penned up and not sent out. We are coddled, 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 coddled. And if you compare our church experience to, to what the disciples uh, were experienced with being followers of Christ, there is no comparison. Mm-hmm. There is no comparison. Jesus didn't call them into a building at, at, to make sure that the seats were filled. That was never his motive. He didn't call mm-hmm. them into a place to make sure that the buckets were full of money. That was not the intention. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Anne-Marie said something in there that, you know, um, by doing the things we are uncomfortable doing, we will become comfortable. He did that. He sent them before they were ready because he knew that the the, the the mission would ready them for the next thing. So if you don't feel ready, well, you know, well. <laughs> exactly, you're it. So a- anyway, I think that we could probably talk about this all day. Chris, hello and welcome. Yeah, there are a lot of different directions we could take with this, but uh, we can we can probably end here. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what prompted our our when you go back and watch this. That's what prompted our song is we just coming into this like, what do we really know? Yeah, we don't know anything. Yeah, but we know he loves us. I love that promoted to a level of incompetence. That's so good. <laughs> he trusts us. Bottom line, you know, in, in Song of Songs, it says that that um, he has carried me through the archway of trust. 
And that for me, I mean, that can leave me in a puddle for days because I'm like, you trust me? You trust me? Wow. Oh, that's also good. So true. We want to be seen doing great things for God and taking glory for ourselves instead of doing things with God. Yes, mm. yes, 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 Jesus. We exalt you. That just needs to be what's on our mind. Is this exalting him right now? Mm. Is what I'm doing exalting him? Come on. It's good. And you I, know, he said on this rock, I'll build my church. He didn't say this one rock is going to be my church. Right. It, it's a piece of it because we're built up to be lively stones and we know he's the cornerstone. Mm -hmm. So that's the how the church becomes a kingdom because all the stones build it up, you know? Yes. So, and the gates of hell won't prevail. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I love it. And, you know, one of the, the things that, I mean, there's so many mentions of, of rocks or stones throughout scripture and, and to be regarded as a living stone that is part of the building. That That's so humbling. It's so humbling. But at the same time, you can't help but look at the scripture. He's like, if y'all won't cry out, I can make the actual legit rocks <laughs> do so. I actually don't need you to cry out. I actually don't need you to exalt me. I know who I am, but it is your design to do so. So if you will not do what you were designed to do, then I can make the stones from the ground, from the earth cry out. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Jesus. Pepper, pray for us. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Where do you go with this direction, Jesus? <laughs> Father, I just thank you for the rock of revelation that has been in our midst right now, Father. I thank you that you are building us up as kingdom people, that you have that you are fitly joining us together as lively stones. And we won't be disjointed. We won't be a disproportionate body. Yes. We won't morph with something that's not of you, God, whether it's a lie, <clears throat> whether it's a false identity, whether it's a false cloak somebody's trying to cloak us with, or whether it is our own thoughts that haven't been brought into subjection. Father, I thank you that you are positioning us in this five-fold metron that has a spectrum that of various places where we all fit. And we started this out saying, we don't know much, but we know you love us. And that's all we need to know right now. That's all we need to know right now, right? Because love, your love will lead us. So, God, would you lead each and every one of us today by your love? Those who are viewing now, those who will view, let that love go through the airways tangible where there's no time. It doesn't matter if there's a delay in the Kronos time. There is no delay in eternity, God. So would you seal what has been spoken over us today? Would you through us, God, and let that river continue to flow, continue to flow to everyone who comes under the sound of our voices. 
And we just thank you. We give you praise. Amen. 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 Come on. If you are not fired up right now, go drink some coffee. I don't know what to tell you. Like maybe go eat some coffee beans. This this was this was fun. This was a good conversation. So thank you guys for for joining and thank you for for popping in the comments because I love the interaction. I, I love to to hear your thoughts and and to incorporate you into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, we've included the link to the <clears throat> song, people. So go <laughs> and and listen so you can join us in not knowing much outside of being loved by Jesus Christ. Bless your day, and we will talk soon. Bye, guys.